You are listening to the Massive Report Podcast. Tonight's Massive Report Podcast is dedicated to all left-footed soccer players. Wherever you are, lefties, I love you. I'm a fellow lefty. I'm right-handed, I'm left-footed. So I don't know what that says about me, but for a left foot, a left foot that one has confidence in, the crew would have come home from Canada with three points mm-hmm. instead of one. Welcome to the Mass Support Podcast, especially you left-footed people just like me. We are at Saucy Brew Works, our home. They've made us a graphic, and it's yeah. a, on the screen above the bar with all the beers a and QR everything. Code. And a QR code. What does the QR code do? We're not sure. It might enter you into a sweepstakes. I, I think it's like uh, the, the... I the think it takes yeah, it'll, take, it'll take you yeah. to the podcast. It's that like, orders you a beer. To the, to the there Spotify. you go. Yeah. Spotify. It, it's basically, it's like when uh, iPhone just uploaded that uh, U2, U2 album right. onto your You're phone. Uploaded you uploaded a beer. Get, are you, you now subscribed to the beer. Mass Report podcast and you rate it. We got to find a way to rate it five stars automatically with That's that QR right. code. That's right. We'll work on that. I'm sure there's some sort of like code that we can put into that QR code. So thank you, Saucy Brewworks. The uh, graphic looks tremendous. We are, are here as we are most weeks. Uh, Murph is here. Bart's here. Sam is here. Sam has a microphone tonight. Brett is out. He's in Connecticut, but he did leave behind some thoughts, which are greatly appreciated, especially on New York Red Bulls. We'll preview, preview the next What a game. professional. Uh, of course, and we we appreciate it. I get knows. all his good thoughts; they get attributed to me. Okay, can I just read them all? Fair, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. But so we'll have some thoughts on uh, the match coming up in New Jersey against uh, a struggling Red Bull squad. How much bad luck can be attributed to that? We'll talk about that. But first, we want to break down the Cruise one-one tie in Toronto. And I don't know about you guys. Normally, when you go on the road and get a point, you're like, "Ah, oh, all right, that's fine." But this one. Like I said, for for Alex Matons passing up his left foot, mm-hmm. that would that was an easy slam dunk goal that would have won the game. And it just as we walked off the field, the, that chilly night in Toronto, I just felt empty. Was... There were some good things, and we'll get to them. But man, I, I hope that doesn't come back to haunt us. <laughs> but let's talk about something good. Jimmy Miranda, Watch... Miranda. Madranda, I'm sorry, D- walks onto the pitch. There can I, only be one Miranda, by the way. And he only scores 30-foot Madr- headers. Madranda. <laughs> yes. Madranda. He's so new, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He walks onto the field and moments later scores one of my favorite kinds of goals. Right, Bart? Oh, yeah. Left-footed. Little chip there. Yeah. I think third touch of the game. I think he got a header, had a nice little uh, 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 pass there, and then... How about that pass from Aiden Morris, oh, though? It was like, oh my goodness! And what a great run! I, I mean, to uh, you know, this is the first his his debut with the crew on um, uh, uh, fir- first minutes, and I mean, especially for for what you were not getting from Yaya Boa, yeah, um, to be able to see him, and and then he put in a good you know remaining 15, 20 minutes really after that, but an absolutely gorgeous. Just clean. I mean, looked like Peepa with that yeah. chip. It yeah. was wonderful. Yeah, very cheeky. I, I love that. And a lot of guys pound that right over the net, or they hit it with too much float, and it floats like a balloon over the bar. This one was perfectly placed. And yes, it's just a moment in time. But Murph, doesn't that speak to perhaps a change in the starting eleven this coming Saturday? Yeah, I would think if not Saturday, it's got to be coming soon. The- 
Madrena was hurt for a decent chunk of preseason, right. so you know I assume he wasn't part of the squad the first two games. I assume it's just getting back to fitness because he has been in practice. He wasn't on the injury report, but this was their free agent signing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this was probably their biggest addition. He's a veteran of MLS. He played for Sporting Kansas City. He's he was in the Seattle. MLS Cup final against the Crew for for Seattle. So you know, he's a guy who knows how to play this role. That that you know, advanced fullback, wingback, whatever you want to call it. So you know, this was the idea was to have him as the starter. Now things haven't worked out. Who knows what happens if Will Sands doesn't get hurt with the back spasms, and you know maybe he mm-hmm. plays that game. And, and we are waiting to see Madranda, but. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the goals he scored in Seattle, they weren't like that, but he scores mm-hmm. bangers. Like, you should be... Yeah, this this probably won't be the only goal he scores this year, and it probably won't be the best if he can replicate what he's done previously. So, Why does Seattle let him go? I think just, you know, he's he's a little bit older. They have other guys. Um, you know, it was probably a money thing. Uh, I don't Probably think glad has, to be playing on grass. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, I, don't, I don't think it had anything to do with his ability. I mean, he... He can be, from what I remember of Seattle, and I know I don't think you were here, uh, Brian, when we talked about him in the preseason. You know, he's he can be a little inconsistent at times, but I think the the experience that he has, and given that you don't really have a true left wing back, like Will Sands is a fullback, and he can do the defensive stuff, but he's still learning the offensive side of things. The Yaboa experiment, as Bart touched on, has has not really worked. He's not good enough defensively. He's playing on the wrong side of the field than he prefers to play on. And offensively, it just hasn't clicked. He's lost. Yeah. And if you go back, and I wrote about this, it's on on Massive Report today. If you go back and look at the goal Toronto scores, it starts with him stepping up to uh, pressure Lorea. Lorea, yes. But he doesn't pressure him. He just kind of steps into no man's land in between. Mm -hmm. Aiden Morris follows... Uh, the Italian guy whose name, like, Bernadeschi, is that it? Or, yeah. yeah um, follows him to the space that Yao just vacated at kind of that left wingback spot, and then Osorio drops into the pocket there, similar to what Matan did last week, but because Yaboa just kind of gets stuck in between the lines, there's an open space, Osorio has time to turn and play the ball, and, you know, they still should have defended that goal better, but mm-hmm. Yao, you know, you, you either have to stay in your position and hold, or you have to go try and make a tackle, and he just kind of did neither. And th- there were a few of those where he was just out of position. It's not his fault. This isn't his position. Right. You know, I, I was honestly surprised. Now, Luis Diaz wasn't on the bench, so he may be still yeah. dealing with, you know, that, we know he hurt that shoulder in the first game. He did come on for Yao last week. Right. And then they moved um, Mo Farsi over to the left side. But I was surprised that Yao got a second straight start. And, mm. you know, we'll, we'll see here, but I think. Madrena, not only the goal, he just his movement was good. He tracks back. He just no, it's his position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems a no-brainer as as long as he's health healthy and and match fit. I think that we have to look in his direction, especially early in the season while he's fresh, uh, injury-free or at least relatively so, and, and we can move on and and not worry about sort of this patchwork thing that we're doing right now. Um, Game grades on MassSport.com. Of course, Aiden Morris gets an eight. He's in the, honored by MLS. He's the man of the match. He's yeah. terrific. He was, yeah. 
ten he's, tackles. Yeah. I mean, just all over the field. Had the gorgeous assist. Was playing long balls. Was playing through balls. I think two, three key passes. I, this was one of the best performances from Aiden Morris, if not the best I've seen from him in a crew jersey. He was absolutely, I mean, he, that that is the platonic Aiden Morris performance, and I'm so eager to see more of it. Now, as comfortable as he obviously is in this new Wilford Nonsense system, uh, Darlington Nagby, of all people, seems relatively lost in comparison to what we expect from him. But I, I have every confidence that he's going to figure it out. Where, where is sort of the disconnect here for, for the veteran Nagby so far? Well, I thought Nagby played well when the team played well in Philadelphia. And then last week against D.C., I just didn't notice him as much. His passing isn't as high numbers percentage-wise as we're used to. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a system. I mean, this, it hasn't changed that much in terms of what central midfielders are doing. Now, there's not the immediate wingers to, to distribute to. Obviously, there's two you know, attacking midfielders in front. But to me, it, it doesn't seem like there's just that much of a transition for, for those roles. Uh, I don't know if he's being asked to do things that we're just, you know, we're not picking up on at this point, and and maybe that's allowing Aiden to to excel a little bit more. I also think we hold Nagby to a pretty high standard. Yeah. We do. We so, do. So, look, I don't think he's been bad necessarily. No, no, I think he holds himself to a high Haven't standard. Haven't seen too. the dribbles as much from him, and that's I we think did one have of those, that yeah, one he play have, where he bombed it down the center, and he and we did. Uh, I thought we. Mu- we were getting our annual Nagby volley from outside the box goal too, <laughs> yeah. so that's still coming. But uh, I, I, I think it's you know I'm all in all I, I I'm not too worried about him. I think you know he's you know he's, he's the other side of thirty. Um, he, he doesn't probably have as much you know uh, of gas as he used to, but I think you know the, the passing accuracy is still there, and he's starting. To go, I think you've talked about this a bit, Smurf. You know, be a little bit more progressive in that passing versus you know the horizontal passing, and and I think that's you know that's going to come with it too. You're you're not going to have as much accuracy when you're taking risky, bigger risks with those passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those progressive runs, like because you have two guys in front of you instead of just a Lucas, then you know maybe he's intentionally not doing so because of, of just the shape, yeah. but. I mean, Aiden, I think we could spend a whole podcast talking about what Aiden's doing right now. There's, we've talked about kind of the flicks and things that he's done, that, you know, the, the one with Lucas last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, Bart, that pass to Madranda, he doesn't see that. <laughs> uh, maybe last year he starts to towards the end of the year, but like. That one game in MLS is back, he sees that. But then <laughs> yeah. all last year, I don't think he does. He, <laughs> he uh, yeah, he's, he's just starting to really get it. And, uh, if you're a crew fan, and I assume you are because you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you may want to start enjoying this guy while he's here. Yeah, he said it himself that his goal is to play in Europe, and I don't, I don't cast dispersions on that at all. We want the players, especially young players like Aiden Morris, to have those lofty goals in mind. And if he keeps playing this way, we already see these American players in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. It used to be it was only goalies, and there weren't that many of them. And now they're starting to populate that league, not by huge numbers, mm-hmm. but by enough that you notice it. And well, especially in other, that position, yeah, 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 plenty of other places to play as well. I, I think that if he 
keeps playing the way he's playing right now, I think that he could be in Europe next fall. And it, yeah, I mean, it, that could happen. I mean, if, he's what, 22? Yeah, Perfect 20, age. 20, yeah. yeah. I guarantee you that that clubs all over Europe are taking notice of his play. Oh, and yeah. his young age and also he hasn't lost that edge. And that's you where that edge England I think where to, he can yeah. he can excel. Yeah. He doesn't stand down to anyone. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly a lot of big personalities in that league and you can't be intimidated. Well, just this weekend. I mean, he's going up against Michael Bradley who is not the Michael Bradley of four or five years ago, but mm-hmm. still Michael Bradley and uh, Mark Anthony Kay, who maybe is is starting to slow down. But those are two of the most experienced veteran defensive midfielders. At one point, um, I forget what happened in the play, but he was Morris was down, stood back up real quick. It was it was like I think the ball went out of bounds for a goal kick or a corner, or whatever. And Kay said something, and he you know, <laughs> responded right back and. You know, it doesn't surprise me with Aiden because yeah. he's 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 a little fiery for sure. Yeah. But you know, maybe a a year or so ago, when a veteran like that, a guy who's who's played a lot of MLS games, played for the Canadian national team, you know, says something, maybe he just blows it off, and you know, he's starting to really establish himself. And look, I I mean, there's a lot of well, we're talking about him potentially leaving. There's a lot of depth in this central midfield spot, and it'll be interesting to see you know if we. If he's playing as well as he is, and we know Darlington, who is the captain, is not going to likely sit out many games, how often we get to see some of that depth? Because I, I really like what Aiden is doing. And he came back from a rather catastrophic mm-hmm. knee injury as well. So that speaks highly to his work ethic. But yeah, to your point, Murph, do yourself a favor. Really savor the play that you're going to get from this kid every week because... I don't think we're going to see him too much longer in the black and gold. And that makes me sad, but I, I get it. I get it. If, if, if you are able to make that move, then by all means. And obviously, you know, mm-hmm. it'll bring back a lot of money. Yeah. So that's good for the club, exactly. as long as we spend it on players. Um, Mo, we'll talk about Mo Farsi in a moment, because he had kind of a weird game, I felt like. But, you know, buried in all this, because we have a lot of young guys to talk about, Philip Quinton has absolutely stunned me as to just how every week he seems more and more comfortable. We're so early in the season, and I don't know that they really believe that necessarily he was ready for this role, but he's kind of showing that it's, 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 it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing well. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know there there are a couple times where he did you know get get exposed. I think in the, this game too, but I mean that that's going to happen. And you more saw the recoveries exactly, and and you know getting there feisty a couple you know a couple rough tackles. The size of the advantage he, he got that good you know maybe not a good header, but is showing. And I and I hope that that's something that you know if you can add that element to the game where he can be not just that you know presence winning it in the air. But ultimately, getting some good, you know, headers on target. Yeah, that would be a great element to add to that game. And then we saw it a little bit last year with Crew too. Um, so, so that's hopeful. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with where he is right now, when Josh Williams gets healthy, I think you're, you know, you've got a 
some good decisions to be having to make if you're if you're Wilfred Nancy, where you're like you don't have to rush Josh Williams in there. You can look and see. Although I'll tell you what, I, and I want to talk a little bit about Stephen Moreira too, because I thought he had an exceptional mm-hmm. game in that center back position. Yeah. Um, I, right now, you know, Milos I think had the hardest game of the you know the three of them. Um, obviously, the the Meg on the goal um, is, is one that you know, and he was quick to admit, you know, I need to be better on that one. Um, but, but, but I think Quinton's been a, a, he's improving every game and that's ultimately all you've got to be asking for, for a young player like this, just three games into his MLS career. Now we're talking about him being a target and I thought it was very interesting how many short corners we took in this game. We got a lot of corner kicks and I, I don't know what they the did. Num- I bet on the over and won. <laughs> what was I'm the, not, what was the number? Nine or 10 and Nine and a half. It was nine, nine and a half. half. Wow, yeah, good they, for you. They crushed you that. Retired early. then? Uh, did I retire? <laughs> no, no, yeah, I haven't made enough yet. Because um, he's been betting the over for the other co- games on corners. Yeah. So we get all these corner kicks, and most of them are short corners. Uh, what What do we make of that? Was that a matchup specific tactic, or are we going to see more of this? We We've expressed our frustration with Lucas's mm-hmm. corner kicks for three years now, and they don't seem to be getting any better. So, yeah, I do wonder if if this is a tactical thing that Nancy has seen. Okay, well, they're not getting we're not getting results from them. And and even going back to last year and whatnot, we're not getting a ton of results from them. So why don't we try some different things? And we've seen a few set piece plays, not even just corners. Uh, We talked about, I think, the, the one in week one, you know, the long the free kick from distance where Lucas played it to Nagby. Nagby laid it off and you, you gained like eight yards and then he has a shot. So I, I, I think they're just trying to figure out what works best on on those. Uh, you know, like I said, there, there hasn't been a ton of success. Now, you also haven't had Phil Quinton in the box, who, you know, just height-wise is a presence. Well, he needs to be up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he really does. Um, so I, I do think it's interesting, though, because short corners can be infuriating when they just don't do anything because it is an opportunity to get the ball in the box, which is where you score your most goals, right? So, like, but if you're not getting the ball into your guys in the box like the crew hasn't a lot either, then are you really losing anything by doing short corners and, and you know, coming up with a way to then get a better opportunity? Well, when they tried to play a long one there at the end, yeah. again, can't clear yeah. that first line of yeah. defenders. Yeah. All right, so... Um, We'll see what, what becomes of that, if it was just a one-game thing or not. Um, Cucho's having a hard time finding his yeah. way into attacking positions. I felt like Toronto did a really nice job of keeping us away from the front of the goal. And it's, it seemed to me that a lot of our play was where we didn't necessarily want mm-hmm. it. Just sort of, for Toronto, just the ball was safely off to the side. Cucho was playing so withdrawn. Mm-hmm. And I'm really wondering what the end game is. What, what, what is the thought here to having him so withdrawn from where he's most dangerous? I don't, like, I don't know how much of that because, you know, the, the thing with Nancy's system is supposed to be giving, you know, players a lot more freedom. And I don't know if it's some of that's, you know, a bit by choice from Cucho. Um, you know, again, we've seen we saw him in uh, uh, the Premier League with Wolves, right, or Watford, I don't know, one Watford. of the W's. Yeah, uh, uh, 
uh, playing, you know, he, he was playing on the on the wing there, and yeah. you know, playing kind of with Rod and, and cutting in there, not even playing in that striker position. And so, I don't know if some of this is by choice. I I I would like it, and, and it's it's one of those. Well, you like having that free flowing front three where they can kind, of, but I kind of do want him to stick around centrally a little bit more and and be that damn. She did get yeah. you know a good even with. You know, traffic in front of him, uh, a really low percentage shot that he rings off the post. He doesn't um, need a lot of space yeah. in in the wash there. Mm-hmm. In the traffic, he doesn't need a lot. Just like Lucas, he doesn't need a lot of space to make something happen. And I feel like he's sort of cheating himself out of some really good looks. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just kind of baffled as to why this is happening. So far this season, Cucho's taken 13 shots. Only two have been on target. Yeah. Mm. And in this game, he only had one from in front of the goal. Mm. The other ones came from either out or wide. None in the six-yard box. And, look, we've seen him score goals from a lot of different places, a lot of different ways. But that's where he needs to be. Now, not all the time. I think there needs to be a balance of the the movement that can cause defenses problems because it's hard to mark when you're – and we've seen that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But – you also need him to be doing what he's paid to do, and that's score goals. And you know, by comparison, 34% of his shots last year were on goal in the half season he played. Right now, he's at 15. So well, like, he's in a slump. Then. Yeah, Maybe and it's it, just I mean, that simple. You know, to be fair, he scored those eight goals in the first eight games or whatever yeah. it was, and then he only had two the rest of the season. So like, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't as prolific the second half of his year, but. I, I do think, and I agree with Bart, like, he needs to be put in the, the best positions to score because he's the guy most likely to do it. Lucas can also do it. Matan has not proven the ability to do it, but I do like some of the positions he's gotten in. And, you know, I think, like, <laughs> with the way you led this off, he was in the spot again mm-hmm. on that rebound from that Cucho shot. Yeah, I think once one goes in, I think it will it will stop, but... But Cucho is the goal scorer. He's mm-hmm. the you know we talked about it before the season. He wants to win the Golden Boot. Well, you're not winning the Golden Boot by shifting out to the wings as often as he has. Mm-hmm. So this is clearly a tactical thing by Nancy. But I also think he has to recognize, and, and the other attacking players have to recognize, the moments for him to not be in front of goal. Um, and again, I think you know this is not a Toronto team that's playing very well right now. They weren't mm-hmm. fully equipped. The DC wasn't. Well, yeah, they were down some guys, but I felt like they they did what they needed to do to yeah. put themselves in a position to win the game. And I again, agree. I felt like their defensive tactics were. I mean, they were pretty sound. They were yeah. keeping us away from uh, being dangerous for the most part. I think if Madrana doesn't score that goal and it's a one-zero game, we're sitting here talking about Kucho a lot more because yeah. you don't get the result. But the fact that they're they are able to score and they have now scored three goals kind of makes it a little bit easier to deal with. You know, you'd rather have this problem while other guys are finding ways to score. It's just a matter of, okay, when when do you need Cucho to be the guy? And look, I have no doubt it's coming. The guy's too talented yeah. to not score goals. He just even if he's not in front of the goal all the time, he'll he'll find ways to score. I just think that's the best way to get him goals. So put him there. And one of my favorite young players, Mo Farsi, had a frustrating game, and it felt like he was a hockey player who needed his <laughs> skates adjusted or something. He, he, and they talked about it on the telecast. 
he was slipping and sliding all over the place. Now, mm-hmm. I understand they have a heater under that field, but it's still going to be damp. They had a lot of snow. They had like three inches of snow leading up to the game in Toronto. The surface wasn't at its best, I'm sure, but it was a frustrating game for him. He was slip sliding all over the place, but the work was being put in, and that's what I like. He didn't hang his head. He just kept doing his thing. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I like seeing him on the field. Yeah, I, I, I think so. It's, you know, and, and, and maybe this is a little... Not hitting that wall, but I mean, again, I don't think any of us really, you know, coming into the season thought, hey, Mo Farsi, he's going to have, you know, what, you know, the starter for the first three games of the season. Um, Again, you know, his his first three MLS starts, maybe, you know, again, getting players or, you know, it's catching the rest of the league's catching up to him. He's catching up the league. You know, the obviously playing at home um, yeah, in that, Toronto. I, maybe he was a little. That, those weather up. conditions, a lot of different variables. They're all converging at once. Um, but I'm not too worried about Mo. Um, I think he. I think again, he's been a really pleasant surprise so far, um, and I think he's going to continue. You know, really, again, put, putting us in a good position where you can say, "Hey, look, he, he's still getting you good production." Um, um, out of that right wing back position, so and so you can feel comfortable with with Marrera in that back three. Where I think this game, we really saw for the first time Stephen Marrera get a lot more involved offensively from that center back position, and where we've seen that a little bit in the past uh, with Wilfred Nancy that he doesn't mind letting one of those you know center backs get involved in the game. And there are a couple you know nice aggressive interceptions that he has in the attacking third um, to, to prevent odd man's the other way or to you know create some good chances. He's getting into the box, had a couple nice runs. I was really happy with Stephen Marrero. He's starting to get really comfortable there. You know, maybe he goes back out there onto the far right side once Josh Williams gets here and gets healthy, or if you feel like uh, uh, the kid we got out of um, um, uh, San Jose is the guy. Yeah, Valencia. But I've been really happy. I was really happy with Marrero this game. And and Mo, I think he'll be fine. We even saw Milos hang around uh, after a corner kick, I want to say, just kind of hang around and participate in the attack. And I'm like, uh, Shouldn't he be? Shouldn't yeah. he get back? He was just—he was having fun up there. See, I think that speaks to the sort of system that Nazi wants to run. It's a system, but yet he does encourage creativity. It's certainly fun to watch. Yeah, I, I and to Bart's point, I do wonder if when everyone's healthy, or maybe this summer, if they make a move for another center back. Um, if Marrera gets back to that right, you know, the wing back role, he wants you, he wants to be there. So yeah, badly. and you can see it. And I think <laughs> I, I do like what Mo Farsi has done. I think you just with the experience of Marrera and just a little bit more technical player yeah. right now at this point in their yeah. careers, I think that he would offer you a little bit more right yeah. now. I, yeah. I think both I think of these so. wing back positions are still kind of open. And not because Mo Farsi's played poorly, just because yeah. there's there is another guy who, who could give you a little bit more. And this look, this is good experience for Mo Farsi right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I think he, he's probably the future at that position. But if you have all your other ducks in a row, now you have the luxury of being able to move him out there. And you know, maybe maybe not though. I mean, maybe this is what Nancy wants to do with Marrera, in which case you kind of live with some growing pains with Mo Farsi, which fortunately there haven't been too many of. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I know Brett's not here tonight, but he uh, left Brett us a note. Brett no Farsi, but that was one of the things he texted me. Yes. Okay, good. So uh, did he leave us any other thoughts on this match before we move on to Red Bulls? Uh, no. I know he did not like the Yao experiment anymore because he was texting me during he, the game. He liked what? He did not like Yao's, uh, oh. Yao's play. Yeah, it was He it said, was, it was not this good. is what Brett said. I think Mo is a Mo Farsi is a must start at this point and seems like he has multiple levels above him. He's so 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 good and the motor is outrageous. He needs to take care of the ball just a touch better, but no one is taking a spot in the lineup right now. And then I brought up the Marrera situation. He said Steven is still the best right wing back option, but Mo is an excellent fill in. So really what we've all just said. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that uh, who came closest on our picks last week? Because we are keeping track. Well, me, because I picked 1-1. One, one, so. Oh. Uh, Congratulations. Have I got uh, anything Close right enough. Now? I don't think let's, I have. Let's, let's take a look. I, I got to quit following right the, there. Now that yeah. we're keeping track, I got to stop following the Maybe bar. Maybe I might model. have to not but, pick the crew to win every game <laughs> now. Well, they could just start winning every game. Yeah. Right? I got to quit with these outrageous 4-3 to three picks. Sam said 2-1. Two two to one. Brett said 2-2. Two to two. Brian, you said three to two with a I thought this Jason was, Russell roll goal. Uh, yeah, that was. And Bart said three to one, and I didn't man. note what uh, Bart and I are who, who bring were the goal scorers because I assume out, we know our, <laughs> our dreamy picks. You yeah. know, we're gonna Bart, start taking this seriously now. I think I, I want to say Bart said Matan and and Cucho, Cucho and Josh Williams. Of course, I'll tell you what. I laid I laid down I laid down a little bit of money on a Matan goal, which would have paid off pretty well. And I'll tell you what, I about threw my shoe through the TV because my left shoe. I have a friend. Try to give him some help. (laughs) You should give it to Matan instead. I have a friend who bet on Cucho to win the Golden Boot, and has bet on him each week of the season to score, and so he's very frustrated. Well, now he's got it now. Now he now now he's he's invested now. He's got to chase that one right down the hole, and that's how that happens. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful with that stuff. I just I, I do not do much betting because I'm just not good at it. I put you know? down I put down some money on Cucho scoring as well. So it was not a good showing for me. And I had the crew over a goal and a half. So all in all it was just not good. Well, I think XG they were there, so yeah, you know you can't bet on XG. As far Yet. as I know. That's all right. That's why I bet very small amounts. So it's fun. <laughs> Very small amounts, hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> no, that, that's so. not ha- that's not happening. That's not a happening without me getting into a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. You want me to disappear from not only this podcast but from the earth? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Not there if you, you win. Man, you usually don't win. Let's be honest. It's a, it's a rough game. What? No. It's a rough. As they say, the house usually loses. Yes, that's, that's what they saying. say. That's exactly the what they universe. say. Let's let's fill out our bracket when we're done here. And yeah. Then, then we'll then we'll get get into it. All right. So with that, uh, let's move on to Red Bulls. And I turn back to you, Murph, because Brett gave us some thoughts on Red Bulls. He did some scouting. They have one goal in the season, two draws, one loss. They got that latest draw and their only goal in Minnesota, which I guess the weather was just miserable up there. Yeah, Brett basically just said, because Brett's our resident, watch almost every MLS game. Uh, he he, He said they've been a little unlucky. This year, uh, he thinks they're going to be a fairly good team, uh, and you know, at some point, 
they're going to kickstart this season. Uh-oh. You don't want that to be this weekend, <laughs> no. I assume. Look, it's we know what the Red Bull system does, and every coach does it a little differently within that system, but there's the pressing. They want to create chaos. Yep. That's, that's the big thing. And you as the opponent... And especially with the way that the crew have played and, and are still playing to some degree with possession and whatnot. Though Nancy hasn't been as high level in, in terms of keeping the possession, you don't want the chaos. So it's a battle of who can in you know, kind of force Impose their will. will. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing that I've always thought with this style of play is if you can get through like the first 20, 30 minutes and the other, you know, the, the Red Bulls start to wear down, that's when I think they are to be had a little bit, especially, like, late in the second half, or late in the first half, late in the second half. Um, the issue, I think, playing them this early in the season is, A, it's not hot. I don't expect it'll be hot in, nope. in New Jersey this weekend. Nope. And it's also less time that they have played into the year. You know, if you play them in July, when they've been trying to do this for a few months and it's hot out, I think... You know, that, that time that you have to deal with them really high-intensity pressing drops off because the, you just can't do that for a whole 90 minutes. So, yeah, I think it'll be about dealing with that. And tactically, I'll be interested to see how Nancy does it. I think Greg and, and Caleb both a lot of times would play more direct when they played the Red Bulls. Um, Nancy has, has been adaptable. So Well, he certainly played against yeah. Red Bulls with Montreal, yeah. so maybe that could give yeah, us a Yeah, it's not like he won't be aware uh, of this uh, in terms of their style of play at all. I would have to go back and look at some of their, you know, I didn't watch the Montreal-New York Red Bulls games closely last I know, year. We haven't done that yet. But we haven't done our homework to that degree. I do think these wingbacks that we've been talking about will be pretty key to this because... The Red Bulls' central midfield is is generally their strength. They try and win the numbers in there, and that's where a lot of you know if you can turn the opponent over in the middle of the field, you'd rather do that than than on the wing. So, um, and the, the, you know it's a team that we've gotten kind of familiar with with some of the names, mm. Tolkien. Um, God, I hate him. I know. I hate him, him, but <laughs> he's he's very good. He got the assist on their lone goal last week. He's got a mullet. Um, yep. I mean, mullet, or he looks like an 80s, like the the prep kid, you know, oh, antagonist man. in the 80s high school movie. Yeah. Um, he's definitely, his dad is I a developer exactly. that's trying to destroy the cherished um, community <laughs> rec center. Uh, uh, at, you know, has all, yeah, all the popped collars and... The sweater tied around yes. his neck. I'm picturing that the dude from uh, from the Blacklist, who yeah. back in the '80s was in all those movies, <laughs> yep. is the bad, mm-hmm. the preppy kid that you wanted to punch in the face. What is his name? I know you. John Tolkien about. is his name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty in pink. I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm older than you guys. I know all those. I know all those first run. Mm-hmm. That's how freaking old I am. <laughs> so I know exactly who you're talking about. I don't yes. like him either. Oh. <laughs> they do. They did add Corey Burke this off season, who we talked about a little bit when we were talking about Philly right. because they yes. lost him. Uh, he's an interesting guy because he can, you know, he can certainly score some goals in this league. Now it'll. They also have. Uh, oh, what's his name? With the he wears like seventy three. For them, uh, oh yeah, they got all those weird Red Bulls numbers. Barlow, S- Tom Barlow. So 
they've both started games this year. It'll be interesting to see. They've used a couple different formations. They play with two strikers. They've played with one. Um, yeah, I think this is an, it's always an interesting tactical battle when you face the Red Bulls, but with them this early in the season and them having you know had to change things to try and find goals and offense and whatnot, I will say I do agree with Brad. I've only watched part of their first game, but I was telling you guys this before we started. Like in the first half against Orlando, they could have easily been up two nothing. Yeah. They missed a couple pretty good opportunities. So certainly a team that that's probably better than their record reflects right now. And like I said earlier, you don't want to be the team that they figure it out against this weekend. Well, yeah, I mean we know what we're going to get, and I expect their best effort. And the fact that it's on the road doesn't help mm-hmm. at all. Would like. Uh, our, our new best friend, really? yeah. Madranda, to get the start. And if we could squeeze 60 minutes out of him, and, and hopefully mm-hmm. when he has to exit the match that we have a lead. Yeah, and I think that's one of those where, you know, if it's Ya or if it's someone else, when, when you know, suddenly when you're telling him, I need, you know, 30, 15, 20 minutes of high intensity going up against... You know, defenders who've been worn down, dealing with that front three earlier on. Then I think you might be able to get a little bit more out of him, um, and 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 be able to you know mitigate putting him in dangerous situations the way that you can't when you're expecting 60, 70 minutes out of him in the start. And ditto for Luis Diaz. If we can get him dressed and at least on the bench, that is a, a, a injection of energy. Even if it's the 70th minute, you bring that guy on. And that's what that's where I think he's at his best, if he can give us that kind of energy that I think we're going to need in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Bulls uh, can't be pleased at all with their start. They are. I expect their best effort on Saturday, mm-hmm. without question. Yeah, this is a team that you know, expects every year to be contending for not just the playoffs but things beyond that even though they've they've never, never gotten beyond the MLS they've cup. never yeah. gotten beyond uh yeah they got to the MLS cup final but that did not go their way no it did not in sunny los angeles and they, and they had to go to the western conference in order to make it that's true they did <laughs> uh, but yeah no I, I agree i i think they will have their best you're back at home um and the crew don't have a great record at red bull arena I don't have the numbers. Last in time front of me. I was there, it was not good. Yeah. So it's it's New Jersey. Yeah. No one no one wants to deal with going no, to New Jersey. No, not even their own supporters. <laughs> no. I've never been there, but uh, as we either. talked about, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah. There's a train. Is there a train? Yeah. There's yeah, a, there train. a train. Yeah. It's probably about what a 10, 15 minute walk from the train. Some, really? Like yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, we went to. The, Do you have to cut through people's yards? No, no. Like we're talking no, about no. '80s movies. It's it's, 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 a, it's basically <laughs> once you get off the train, you you get on the street and you're is basically. This a is this a Bueller situation where you got to run through people's houses no. to get there? No, no, not quite. And that. And it's like right? I I mean I was in I was in Red Bull Arena probably two years after it opened, mm-hmm. which now feels like forever ago. That was quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, and it was, it wasn't like, it was kind of built in an industrial area, 
but they were like building things, starting to build things around it. So it's probably very different now than it was. But yeah, there is a train station about half a mile away, mm-hmm. and you just kind of walk okay. from there. Is to... there any place to drink there, on there, the way? There's, there's a little uh, Scottish or Irish pub. Um, uh, the name is escaping me, but yeah, oh, we something. Enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, or Mick something. <laughs> Mac something, I should say. I, I believe it was Scottish. I'll, I'll have to, you know, go back. We we did have a a good time for. A playoff game that was not a good playoff game. Fair enough. Well, I'll have to make that road trip someday, I guess. Yeah. You're not really selling it. No, I mean, it's... <laughs> what are... It's, let's real quick. You know, you guys are more well cool, though, right? Yeah. It is, it is a really cool, cool stadium. stadium. It's, it's really pretty, pretty. cool All right, stadium. top three uh, road trip destinations that I should uh, put on my bucket list. For like the game London, or for, yeah. go on, to, on, yeah. for the game or for what to do to, around no, it? No, to, to travel to a crew game in MLS, you, just places that you've been that you think I should go to. Have you mm. gone to a Cincinnati game? I have not. Well, that you should yeah. just go to for the back and forth atmosphere. I mean, the stadium's fine, but uh, I hear Portland is a really yeah, good I'm one. To go I've to been Portland. to Portland, and that 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 was great, and it's a fun, and that stadium's right downtown. It's, it's an old, it's minor an old baseball, baseball yeah. Park. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've oh, yeah. done, and and when I went there, this was what in eight, eighteen, and they were still so they're still doing the renovations of it. So I haven't seen it since they completed the renovations, but it was still really cool. The fans were really nice. I mean, this was in the midst of the save the crew. So we had, you know, a lot of goodwill um, going in there, but uh, but but it was great. And 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 to their credit, like a good, you know, as a team should, they put the away fans up in the far corner, <laughs> far away from everything, which yeah. is absolutely where the away fans should always be. <laughs> the you, there's. Have you been to Soldier Field just in general? No. Okay. Well, the fire by it. The That's fire a fire there. Yes, I've been, Wrigley. Wrigley. Yeah, after, I've been to yes, Wrigley Field. No they may be the sole uh, yeah. occupant. Occupants, yeah, there. Yeah. in the near future. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> DC had a really cool at, at Audi Field. Now Audi Field is nothing. I was going to say RFK yeah. was a shithole. Yeah, no, the, and uh, Audi Field is fine. It reminds me of just like a v- nicely upgraded historic crew stadium. Like you know, the concourse is still very much just like under bleachers and whatnot. But their tailgate. That the Screaming Eagles do is this building that's right down the street, and they it's like this big building, and it's right on the water, so it's nice out. You can stand outside and you can be you know, watch boats go by and things, and on the river, and then they bring in various birds of prey that are up on the second floor, and you can go, you know, because they're the Screaming Eagles, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you can go up there, and they have them, and they have, like, a bird trainer with them. And wow, they let you. okay, that so, sounds that's very dangerous, but also that really cool. It was, and really the beer cool. was, they, like, it's not, a, it's not normally, like, a bar, but they set up these, like, stands to make, and the beer's super cheap, and I ran into Bart's sister there, so yeah. that, that helped. Yeah. Um, Toronto is very good. I would recommend... Not yes. maybe in well, I love s- Toronto. Yeah, maybe not yeah. the second week of the season or third right. week of the season. But yeah, Toronto's a great town. I'd love to get down to Nashville and hoping yeah. to get down for this year. I mean, Nashville's just such a fun city um, as is. And, you know, we'll, we'll see with the new stadium. Are they in the new stadium yet yeah, now? Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, who whom amongst us doesn't want to see the vibrant Nashville um, uh, uh, downtown stadium, right? Just right in the urban core, isn't oh. it? Just right in the oh. heart of downtown, right there the off fair, Broad Street, I second, assume. Second downtown. Wait, you can, I think it's on the, the fairgrounds. You, you, oh, you can go on the fairgrounds. Go on the Ferris wheel. What? <laughs> One more thought on Portland. Oh, and I would 
this will not be a popular opinion, okay. but I did very much enjoy Austin. They, they just nothing around it. You yeah, had to walk schedule, schedule the crew, you cowards. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but it was a cool stadium. The atmosphere okay. was really good. Yeah, all and, right. Yeah, all right, but it is. It's a long walk on a 110 degree mm-hmm. I think that's a long walk to get to Austin. Well, <laughs> it's still that too. As I understand it, the the parking maybe if they schedule it in like October, not or really like good March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Austin. It's a great town, you know. But the other stuff aside, one more thing about Portland. You were talking about that used to be an old baseball stadium. There's a documentary on Netflix. I forget the name of it, but it's easy to find about. Portland minor league baseball back in the day. It's really good. I don't know what it's called. I, I'm not selling it very well. It's been like three <laughs> years since I've seen it. I watched it during the pandemic. A friend recommended it to me. It and she didn't even like baseball. She goes, I think you'll like this. It's really good. So seek that out. Then you can see where that stadium came from. It's nice. it's it's like a, a house that started very small and they just sort of started adding on to it and it's sort mm-hmm. of this cool quirky weird house it, it, i mean it, it's kind of i don't i, I don't want to give portland too much credit but it is sort of you know like an english stadium in that sense because a lot of the a lot of those you know english stadiums weren't necessarily originally soccer stadiums right. it was multi-purpose it was a horse track or something like that right. and they yeah. they've kind of built in everything over the years in order to do it and hey you know credit to them being in the pacific northwest and saying look we're gonna play on grass um you can't say that about seattle no nope. you just you cannot, cannot say nope, it about seattle playing. They haven't built their own stadium yet. I nope. don't know that they will. As far as I'm concerned, those MLS Cups don't count if you are not playing on grass. That's right. That's right. Real quick, I think we have time to address this. Um, the Greg Burhalter situation was addressed today, and it sort of leaves us with more questions. But where are we at, Murph? Well, this was the findings. I assume everyone is aware of, of what happened, but the accusations – well, not accusations. I guess they – the Burhalters have admitted mm-hmm. that it's legitimate that there was a domestic issue between Greg and his wife what, before 30, they were married 30 yes. years ago. Yeah, they were, this came out through they were the, undergrads at, yeah, at North, Carolina, North Carolina, both soccer players. Yeah, this right? came out, yes, this came out through the Reynas who were unhappy about Geo's playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Reynas were friends of the Burhalters. Yeah. His wife were, yes, were. Uh, oh, yeah. Greg's wife and Geo's mom were, I believe, roommates? Yeah, yeah I think they played together on that team. Yeah. Um, but if, if you can find out all this stuff if you need, but there's clearly bad blood now, and you can re- go read the comments, the, the full report, I think it's like 37 pages, but it's really not that long of a read, but there's a lot of it on social media, but basically it did not come out positive looking for the Reynas, and there was nothing negative, nothing more negative um, then on, on Greg's situation, um, while we were recording this, Stephen Goff from uh, mm-hmm. the Washington Post tweeted, he must have talked with Greg. Greg Berhalter says, first and foremost, Rosalind, his wife, and I respect for the, the process, have respect for the process U.S. soccer had to go through. We're grateful and it's con- it, that it's concluded and we look forward to what's next. Goff then tweeted, Berhalter did not want to comment further on the report. He's in England and has attended several matches unrelated to the U.S. men's national team job. Parentheses, he's out of contract. Source says he is open to all options and exploring what's going on in other places. I assume that quote is, or that source is Greg Berhalter mm-hmm. since he just clearly yeah. talked to him. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, and, and yeah. I 
talked to Greg recently because I was going to be in Chicago. I was in Chicago this past week, and he told me he was in England. Uh, I get the sense that he is open to returning because I know he ha- he enjoyed the mm-hmm. job, but that first of all, they're not going to make a hire till this summer. So if Greg wants to get in somewhere beforehand, then I could certainly see him taking another job. Um, and you know, I think we'll see how it plays out, but. He's not out of the running now, which is what U.S. Soccer said. But is this what he wants at this point? Does yeah, he want to deal with the, more of this bullshit? It's tough to I mean, so I talked to Greg for a story I did about his son. So this was still fairly early Sebastian. on. Yes, when uh, it was the first year Sebastian was on the crew. And he said at the time that he was having a tough time. You know, we were just chatting afterwards. And he said it was he was having a tough time adjusting. And this may have even been like early COVID stuff, but it was, it was, you know, he was used to the day-to-day working with players and with the national team, you don't get to do that. You're right. there with them. You know, you do get to travel around and watch different guys play. And, you know, he, he had to learn how to kind of take what he was used to as a coach and, and make it work with the national team. And then obviously COVID stuff didn't help because he wasn't doing anything and it was watching the same film over and over again. So I do think at some point he would like to get back to, you know, the club level. I don't know what that would be, but I'm sure he will have opportunities. But I also know that he was pretty invested in this young group of guys. And I think there was a thought, at least, that if, assuming things went well at the World Cup, and, you know, I think they went pretty well, that he would certainly be willing to continue. You know, his contract ended, I believe, in... At, you know, shortly after the World Cup, yeah, but they, he would of December look to you know can carry this group through and and continue what they started. So I don't know. I think I think it's kind of a double edged sword there, and and this doesn't help things because Gio Reyna now is you know he's a guy who despite not playing much of this World Cup could be a, a pretty good player for the he, Americans. He's a, he's a here's the thing. He's young. He's a very nice player. You can't go forward with this program without him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how Greg Burhalter does that. And again, you reference yeah. the report. I haven't read it. Apparently, it does. It's not too flattering for the Rainias. I'm embarrassed mm. for certainly for them because this this is cheap club or high school level yeah. meddling that you see from parents that should not happen mm-hmm. at the national team level in the United States or any country. It, it, it was not, you know, the Reina's story to tell. Um, it, it, it was not, you know, theirs to bring up, um, uh, but they did. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to condone, but I believe in restorative justice. And ultimately, you know, who, who things need to be right by are, are Rosalind and Berhalter. Um, and and yeah. they... Or have have that found some sort of resolution through this, you know, over the course They've of been 30, years for thirty years and got years through that and have children. Um, this was, and, exactly. Yeah. So to, to to go about it, and, and we won't, you know, relitigate it. But but yeah, I, I I don't see I don't see a way where you know I I think Greg could you know to as good as anyone can. Um, I think he could put it behind him. I don't think there's a way just the 
the, the, the dynamics going to be there. It's going to be a question. It's always going to be, you know, just cloud hovering whenever there's any, you know, if there if there's some bad form, if, you know, if he has to, you know, draw or uh, not play Geo because he thinks he's banged up or because he's not putting in the work in training. That's always going to be hovering. And, and so I ne- think now, for, for lack of a better word, Greg is damaged goods. And I think that's a pity because I, there's, I think... The U.S. soccer fan base, you know, more more than you know, most team fans base are, are, are is delusional. Um, in that, <laughs> look, like th- there are only so many players that are available, right? You only have a specific pool of players, and oh, which is a whole other topic exactly, about exactly. how we. We don't draw from near uh-huh. a big enough pool of athletes in this country. We, if, we've made soccer such an elitist sport mm-hmm. in this country. Pay to play. And other countries, uh, we were talking about before we started taping, that Zoltan in Zoltan, Los Angeles yeah. was, was like, I don't understand, and I can afford it, but I don't understand why mm-hmm. you're developing players by making their parents pay all this money. You're missing. He told us what we already know, yep. as he often does. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm Zlatan. I'm the greatest. Zlatan. Also, your American development system is bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I, you know, Greg, he he advanced from the most difficult group in the World Cup, and he got to the knockout and lost to I think a pretty respectable Dutch team. All, yeah. all in all, that that beat you ultimately with. Two moments of brilliance from a Dutch team that is built to create those moments. Yeah. Um, in th- prior to that, he beat Mexico three times in year. one calendar yeah. year, yeah. Um, including in Mexico City. He dispatched uh, more than one coach. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is th- that's unprecedented stuff from the U.S. men's soccer, you know, job. And, uh, and because we've got, you know, again, our, our wonderful, delusional U.S. soccer you know, fan base. I don't know. Somebody else. Who's the better choice? You know, Jesse Marsh failing up after failing in, you know, uh, Red Bull Salzburg, doing OK in Salzburg, moving over to Germany, failing there, moving over to Leeds, failing there. Let's fail him up into the U.S. team. I, I, I don't know. I, I, Greg, I don't think he can go back, even though I think he's the best option they've got. I, I'm. I think if you could remove the rest of, you know, the uh, the the baggage, he'd be the best option. But you can't. It's there. It's stuck now. Um, and it's just a real pity, Sad. I think, for the program and for him. Sad. I think knowing Greg the way that I've gotten to know him, I think he could put this behind him with Geo. I don't know how he, he would, could. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And that's where I was going to go. I don't know how he would handle the the issue with the Reina family, but that's between them and shouldn't well, impact the soccer. Gio Reina is an adult, okay? Right. He's young, mm-hmm. but he's an adult. And if Greg were to come back, he and Gio need to work this out man-to-man directly mm-hmm. and cut at his... And hopefully Gio has gained some wisdom and go, look, I know, I need to um, yeah. well, and that, push my parents that's back. That's the funny thing about all this. Focus on Austin, Claudio. <laughs> that's yeah. the funny thing about this is... So this all started because Greg made some comments at a closed door thing about how Geo was pouty, basically, and whatnot. Not even, not even Nate, but everyone right, right. drew that but, it was Geo. But then, also included in that was that Geo apologized to the team, and it sounded like everything had moved forward. Right now, I'm sure he wasn't pleased that he didn't play, and his parents clearly weren't. But 
you know, he also doesn't play a ton for Dortmund. Now, some of that has yeah. to do with the fact that he's hurt a lot. And, you know, also, in four years' time, Gio could not be in the picture. You know, I mean, That's he's very true. good. We, we know yeah. that he has the talent. We've but if these it. injuries keep up, if he's yeah. not playing at the club four level... Four years lot, is a long time you, for and a you professional just never soccer know, player. You never know what happens. So, yeah. look, I think more than likely, to Bart's point, Greg probably looks at this and says... I can coach other places. Right. Like I don't. It's not like he needs the U.S. job. And he, he could get a national that. job with another country. Yeah, and he. I mean, I. I very much can imagine Greg starting a career over in Europe. I don't know if he comes back to MLS. Maybe somewhere like the Galaxy, where he played for the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's obviously a big club. But you know, I, I think whatever whenever his next club job is, I would imagine it's over in Europe. I think that's always been a goal of his to get back to Europe because it didn't work very well before the crew. So I could see it just be like, let's move on. Everybody, you know, it's unfortunate that it will have to end this way if this is the case. But you know, if if he decides, look, I don't want to deal with it. This isn't the best interest for everybody. I could certainly see that being being the route. Yeah. Well, we got to move on from this this petty club soccer mm-hmm. politics. I think that if Burhalter is not coming back. And a lot of people have said this. We need to bring in somebody from another country and wall them off from all this bullshit. Why don't and we just take the job? The four maybe, of us, yeah. Brett can come too. Yeah. Brett can be the water boy. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I think we can handle it. I don't know. Yeah. You only it's, have to work like 40 days out of the year. I, I know it's all easy. these jobs are super political. I get it. It's, mm. it's your national team. But I, I think that we need to have a come to Jesus moment about... How I mean this 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 is embarrassing. This should not happen at this level mm-hmm. at all. It's like we should be above this sort of pettiness. But here we are. Yep. So we got to fix it. U.S. soccer. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. But before we do, let's make our picks. And now I'm taking them seriously. We'll see how serious Sam is. Mm-hmm. Sam, Red Bulls, Columbus Crew. Ambitious. You'd think after three years of a pandemic, I'd remember to unmute myself. (laughs) It's all right. Um, I'm going to go a little ambitious here. I'm going to go 2-0 crew. Wow. I don't know about that. Murph? There are zero bases for my prediction. (laughs) There's like, just what I saw the last like five minutes. Well, I've got to employ game theory. Now that we're competing, I just got (laughs) to kind of play off your picks. Murph? Uh, Real quick, I meant to say this while we were talking about uh, places that we've watched games. I went to the 3-1 crew bar in Chicago this weekend for the game. Now, I was the only crew fan there because it was their fake St. Patrick's Day in Chicago (laughs) and it's an Irish bar, so it was kind of taken over. Like, they didn't even post anything on Instagram about it, but they did put the game on for me. Oh, good. And there was another guy there, coincidentally, who was from Columbus and I had a couple buddies who were watching it with me. What? No, it was just a random 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 guy who had spent most of the time I was there making out with a girl he didn't know. Nice. Nice. Yeah, right? But uh, anyway, (laughs) if you're in Chicago and you are looking for... The a place to watch crew game. Look up the three one crew group. I've met these guys, some of these guys before when they've come here. They're they're good people. And the okay. bar was actually it was a good time. Okay. It was cheap. What part Chicago. of town is it? It is in Wrigleyville, I believe. Oh, yeah, I love that. Ooh, there Wrigleyville. We go. Yeah. I north side. I, I could be. It's definitely north. All right. I, yeah, well, I, I love Wrigley Field. Yeah, it's. I find I can find Wrigley Field from the train and then find the bar. There we go. Anyway, I just wanted to drop that in because I did have a good time. <laughs> no, poo pooing 
the Cubs. Oh, I see. Well, I'm agnostic about the Cubs. I love Wrigley Field, basically. The 2016 World Series still Uh, stings a little bit, Brian. I got you, but I do love Wrigley Field. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Brett's prediction first. Uh, He said 1-1 with Cucho getting off the schneid. Man, that was... I'm going to pick next because I know I always like to have Bart go last. I, I, I'm, well, it, I, I will still Well, go. I can't. Oh, you haven't picked yeah. yet. That's fine. Okay, I don't, I don't really matter that much. No, I just no, got no, the no, score on, right Make your week. pick. Uh, I'm going to go. There. I'm going to go 1-1 as well. I was going to say 2-1 Red Bull. We have to catch up with him, though. You I can't was make really, the same pick. I was really worried. I'm, I am really worried that this is going to be Red Bull figure it out week. But I'll say one-one, and that the crew, uh, the crew, crew get get back home with another tie. All right. Well, I'm pessimistic about this game. I don't expect Red Bulls' form to continue to be like this. I'm I'm saying Red Bulls two-one, and Cucho scores the lone crew goal. I'm sorry, Buck. Okay. You gave me that look, the stink eye. Two-one Red Bulls, you said. Two-one Red Bulls. All right. Well, and I hope to be pleasantly surprised. I will go with a tempered. 2-1 crew um, where I, I think I think one of the things that we have seen um, in, in, in all three of the games from the crew has been in those first you know 15-20 minutes they have generated some great scoring chances I think they finally find the back of the net here early I think New York as we've seen I think in most of these games too after you know then then, then crew will lull, find themselves in a little bit of a lull in that second or the second half of the first half um, and I think New York ties it up there. Um, but then uh, Crew, and, and this time I think Alexandra Matan finds it. Okay. Uses that left foot this time right. and puts it in, gets his first. Cucho gets the other one, um, and Crew win 2-1. This, All right. If you guys are right, this is going to be a good day for Cucho. Yeah. Everybody. Right. Well, I'll be the pessimist. That's fine. <laughs> it's not the first time. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, thanks again to Saucy Brewworks, as always. Wonderful host, and thanks again for the the graphic over the bar. We do appreciate that. You got your beer, you got your coffee, you got your great food. They got you covered here, not only, you know, in the evening, but you can find the game on. You you wander in here at 11 in the morning on a Saturday. You're going to find the Premier League game on or whatever. So make this your sort of uh, home away from home for all things beautiful game. Third and Michigan here in uh, Harrison West. And we'll be here every week. Like and subscribe to the Mass Support Podcast. That's Sam. He's uh, running the tiny controls with his uh, dexterous fingers. We got Murph. We got Bart. I'm Brian. Brett, thank you for uh, checking in via the email and helping out as well. My name is Brian. Listen to my radio station, CD 92.9. I would appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week on the Mass Report Podcast. <laughs>